Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Hi, this is Wayne Hicks. I am the executive director for the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and I am pleased to be your host for tonight's episode of BDPA iRadio Show. Our show comes on, and we are very excited on the first and third Tuesday of each month to bring you guests that will talk about topical issues both within BDPA as an organization and also within the IT industry in general. BDPA is indeed the largest organization of African-American IT professionals in the nation, and we are two weeks away from our 36th annual technology conference, which will take place August 5th through the 9th at the JW Marriott in downtown Indianapolis. That is an outstanding and unique event, which will have a youth technology camp, high school computer competition, IT showcase, a two-day career fair, a number of workshops, and remarkable industry speakers. We are going to have a good time at that event. Two of our guests tonight, in fact, are scheduled to be conference presenters in Indianapolis, and we will have an opportunity to talk with them about their workshops and give them a chance to preview their workshops. So BDPAI Radio, we are live and on the air. The archive version will be available shortly thereafter. But right now, if you're on, use Twitter. Use any social media that you have to get folks to join you as we listen to our two upcoming guests. Our, our, our first guest will be a gentleman by the name of Darius Boomer. Uh, next guest will be a Microsoft evangelist by the name of Adam Heckman. And if we are lucky, we may have a surprise third guest for you. Let's begin with Darius, though. How are you today, Darius? I'm doing great, Wayne. How are you guys doing? Life is, life is good. Sun is shining, no complaints whatsoever. Two weeks out, you're on the line. I don't know that life could be better. Let me give, you a, let me give a brief intro to our audience on, on you, Darius. You are the owner of Boomer Technology Group. You are also a marketing director for our BDPA New Jersey chapter. You are on this show to talk about your recent efforts to build computer labs for young people in Ethiopia, quite a unique endeavor, as well as um, updating us on some of the programs and services offered in the Garden State in New Jersey. And finally, we understand that you are going to be a presenter at our youth technology camp in two weeks on the topic of exploring non-traditional career paths in technology. We have a lot to talk about, so why don't we just get started? And I think the first question I'll ask you, Darius, is a simple one. How did you first learn about BDPA? Sure, Wayne. Um, back in the 90s, I was working for IBM, and our employee resource group um, led the efforts to get us more involved with BDPA. So that was my initial exposure back in the 90s. 
So, so what did that look like? You got exposed local chapter conference. How did how did that work? Oh, it was the local chapter in New Jersey, and at that time it was a different um, amount of people as far as the actual board members were concerned, but still a great organization back then. Um, if you fast forward to now, it kind of got out of it for a while and got back into it in the last three years. I've been pretty happy and content to help out where I can on the board. Help out where I can. Uh, you're the market director for one of the largest and most uh, progressive chapters in the country, so it looks like you're, 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 you're being unduly modest on our iRadio show. Um, I, I have watched your chapter um, put on for every year, including these three years that you were the marketing director, some remarkable webinars. I've watched you guys put on Families in Technology Day, a remarkably uh, gathering of families, young people, and their elders, and giving away a complimentary laptops to the folks in attendance. What, what do you think is the magic that makes New Jersey chapter such a special chapter? Well, one thing I can say for certain is the people on the board. They're very committed for the last uh, you know, decade, um, year upon year. As our numbers grow in, um, you know, in abundance here in New Jersey, we always try to reach out to the community on a regular basis. So for our chapter, we continue to try to you know, do programs um, quarterly. And there's something we do annually. Like you were saying, our Thumbs and Technology Day, that event happens every year at NGIT in Newark, New Jersey. And on average... We do laptop there in that event every year. So it's always a great event for us to have and for the exposure for the community, and we always try to do more things out of the box. So you were saying about the webinars, that was something we started doing about, I'd say, two and a half years ago, um, pretty strong. We still do those occasionally now, but um, we definitely want to keep continuing to grow and change up the, uh, what we're doing for programs. One of the challenges that BDPA has on a national level is, in fact, um, you know, brand awareness. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's almost been an embarrassing secret to some extent to realize that although we are the largest um, association of African-American IT professionals in the technology arena, we are still, quote-unquote, the best-kept secret within the industry. What um, has a person who's been engaged with marketing at, at the local chapter level, what are some of the things that you would recommend or suggest for other chapters or at a national level for us to kind of break out and be, and be recognized for the works that we do? Um, great question. I think it's in two parts. The one part is, I think, trying to get the community involved in regards to um, children, students, um, getting them early. So trying to partner with the PTOs in your counties and your communities um, locally, that's number one, followed by um, the colleges that are in your, in your area. On the second path, I would say, um, on the corporate side, trying to get more employee resource groups together to acknowledge who we are and be a part of our programs, and that's a slow um, thing to grow the relationship, but I think those are the two paths that we want to kind of continue to, to grow into. Again, the students, getting them involved early, letting them know who we are, that we're here for them, and the, again, on the corporate side, once they're in the corporate environment, that we're still here for them. And we, uh, on, the, on the flip side of that, having them come back to help us out and volunteer and show their value to the community is, is a payback. That, that, is, that is outstanding advice. Uh, community involvement with the K-12 students, with computer camps and, and training sessions after school on Saturdays with our BDPA volunteers, engaging with the colleges. I heard you earlier um, mention the New Jersey Institute of Technology that they're the hosts um, and co-convener, if you will, of that Families in Technology Day. 
uh, that's outstanding. And then, and then um, ERF employee resource groups, the, the idea of working with affinity groups within corporations, you know, especially within the, the um, not just the affinity group, but those in that affinity group that are engaged with technology. Man, that's a powerful, that is a powerful combination that, that should work for any local chapter. Oh, for certain. I think, you know, the last part of that equation might be perhaps in your state, if there's some cer- certain things happening for programs in regards to your state being funding certain things, that's another way to, to reach out as well. And I know for a fact in New Jersey we have uh, various incubators happening on a regular basis. So we tend to do more partnerships and we tend to do more, you know, outside of our regular um, quarterly events with these kind, kind of groups to the actual state of New Jersey. So both things, you know, up and coming. That is excellent. That is excellent. Um, I, this, this is industry related to, to a certain extent. Um, I, I mentioned um, that you are an entrepreneur. You own your own technology group. I'm just curious, how, how did how did that entrepreneurial bug? When did that bite for you? Um, that bit about maybe four years ago when I was uh, working and decided that my my value in the open market was better suited for consulting. And it was a journey that um, I didn't take on purpose. It was kind of by accident in our reality. And since I've taken the leap of faith to do that, it's been very rewarding. And I think it's a great path for people trying to, I would say, transition from a different um, background. You know, I think right now the uh, unemployment rate is still at a high here in the U.S. So I think people who've got to, you know, want to move into a STEM-type role being a consultant could be a great path to do that. That is, that is excellent advice. And I guess, would, would you say that we should all do it by accident, or do you think that um, uh, that perhaps it should be a, it should be planned out to a certain extent? I think for people, it should be planned out, and they should definitely do two things. I think that would help them along the way. Um, number one, I would say to uh, to join BDPA, and number two, get yourself a mentor. And if you're within the BDPA community. We've got a, plenty of mentors available on the national level as well as our local chapters. And I think they can help in those conversations of trying to help people to decide what's the best route for them to get some more education in a STEM-based um, curriculum. That, that is outstanding. I especially like the join BDPA perspective. And for those that are listening, you simply need to go to the bdpa.org website and there's a big old button that says join now. You just click on that. Membership is $100 for annual dues for an adult professional and $25 for a student, either K-12 or college. Um, you have been in the industry for a long time, uh, Mr. Boomer, Darius, and I'm, I'm just wondering what, what challenges do you see that African Americans particularly um, in the IT professional face in, in corporate America? Um, I think there's several, and I'm going to kind of cover a few of those points at the national convention during one of my uh, seminars for youth. And the title of that seminar is um, Non-Traditional Career Paths in Technology. So with that in mind, I think knowing where the valuable jobs are at, meaning that do you have a value that you can sell in the open market? And if you do, can you transition that easily? Well, the answer is yes, that's step one. Step two is trying to understand and to assess where can I go to get these great jobs that are available. And I think that search technique is one part of it. I think it's your, also your internal network of people who you know today 
is important, but more importantly beyond those two things is who you do not know, how can you establish these rapports of relationships with people long term? So for one thing, you know, a LinkedIn straight to have or a Facebook or a Twitter, but how are you going to market your brand and show your value to people to say, hey, I know Darius is a good guy. You know what? Bring him over to us and let's do some business. I think those are the things we'll kind of cover in my seminar in Indianapolis. That is outstanding. I especially um, like one that I that I you don't often hear. You often you will hear that it's important to you know the network and to and to figure out the the who you know and who knows you type of thing. But I think you brought up a, a point I have not heard before, which is uh, who who you do not know and coming up with a strategy to connect with people that you may not know. Uh, that, that is excellent. And often people get so – we get so much into our own comfort zone that we're not willing to, to do the things that will provide us with an audience or with an entree or with the opportunity to network with people that we do not know but that we need to know in our industry. Um, I, I suspect that the conference is an opportunity for people – coming from all over the country, different parts of the country, whether it's New Jersey or Chicago or Los Angeles, wherever you're coming from, you know, it doesn't help if all you talk to are other people from your chapter. You need to, to figure out some of the people that you do not know and network with them. I mean, that's, that's, that's outstanding advice, Darius. Oh, yeah, exactly. And just to kind of touch upon that a little differently is that perhaps um, your skill set that you have is a non-traditional skill set. Perhaps you're, let's say, for example, you're a linguist or you're a translator of a foreign language, and perhaps you've got a love for technology where you think, well, I don't want to go back to school to get a degree in this, but perhaps we can get you a job as a software translator in some software, and perhaps that current skill set can now be bridged to this new job in technology. So we're going to cover those kind of topics about, again, a non-traditional methodology of trying to find you a career path because, you know, sure enough, throughout the entire continent, there's a job out there for, for you if you know where to find it, but more importantly is the value that you already have it within you able to achieve that. I think that's the kind of thing we want to kind of understand in this seminar. Because I, I, I will say, I guess part of the thing that um, the, the attendees to your workshop, again, your workshop is entitled Explore Non-Traditional Career Paths in Technology. There, there, we are told, and I believe it's true looking at the various uh, job boards out there for technical positions, that there is a plethora of IT career opportunities out there and that the employers, the hiring managers, are saying that they can't find enough folks here in America, not to mention enough folks of color here in America, that have the experience or the technical skills to fill those jobs. And I, I know that that's one of the things that drives me and BDPA is we have those people. We're, we're working with them in our, in our chapters on Saturdays. We're training them up and giving them scholarships and getting them through STEM curriculum. And um, I, I'm hopeful that uh, uh, we begin to change that, that paradigm, that we begin to, to realize that there is remarkable talent in our community in the technology arena if it's focused, if it's directed. And I'm, I'm grateful that you're going to be doing that at our conference in two weeks and that you continue to do that in New Jersey. What um, I, I'm, I am curious, uh, you, you, you've been in BDPA for these two different iterations. What's been your, your, you know, your biggest, I don't know, joy, your biggest, you know, the thing that you, your, be, your best memory almost of your BDPA experience? 
Um, you know what the biggest joy for me, and that it happens every single year in the organization, is seeing the youth that, you know, some youth who are being inspired by entrepreneurs or being inspired by our colleagues in BDPA who are in corporate America. And I think seeing them and giving them the opportunity to see that there's more to life than what you've been seeing on television. We all can't be LeBron James, per se, but we can still have a good lifestyle in technology. And I think it's one of the best career paths you could ever have out of all the career paths you could choose from out of high school or out of college. So I think for me it's seeing the youth. And a really quick example of that would be that last year we had um, Randall Pinkett as our speaker for our Feminine Technology Day in Newark, New Jersey. And he's a great guy. You know Randall's from um, The Apprentice TV show. And he came out to speak to our youth, and they were amazed. They were happy. It was just a really good thing to see these kids, see this guy in person. He's a real person. You can touch him and talk to him. He's a regular guy. I think seeing those kind of things makes me want to come back every year. That is outstanding. I, I guess you're aware that uh, Randall Pinkett will be one of our guest speakers along, you know, with you and, and, um, uh, and our next guest at, at the conference. Uh, so we're looking forward very much to the message that, that uh, Mr. Dr. Pinkett will bring to us. I think the other thing that's exciting about uh, Dr. Pinkett, he's written a number of books, and one of them was Campus CEO, where he talks about his entrepreneurial, you know, fever that was uh, burning while he was still learning while he was still an undergraduate at Rutgers, and he pushed that in the book to encourage students now, whether it's K-12 students or college students, to, to realize that, you know, being an entrepreneur while you're in school is almost the best way to do it because, you know, you're not, you don't have a lot of other expenses, and you do have, you know, the time and ability to make mistakes where it won't be fatal, you know, to your, to your career, um, to your lifestyle. So I, 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 I think the kids that were in New Jersey – who saw Dr. Pinkett live at your family in technology day were blessed. And I think our conference attendees will be blessed in a couple of weeks to see him as well. Oh, I agree hundred percent. In the, in the final moments that we have um, together, uh, Darius, is there any, any final thoughts that you want to share with our members or sponsors? Uh, just to really uh, continue to do good work within your organization and uh, try to inspire others to join us. I think it's great for us to get um, sponsorship and get funding from various organizations and from people. Um, but I've been trying to push for the last two years in our organization for our chapter, um, you know, volunteerism, that, you know, if you can commit 24 hours a year, which is two hours a month, to actually get out and be hands-on, I think those things can make our job a little bit easier for the board members across the globe doing good work in charities. So I would kind of encourage people to kind of, you know, come out, perhaps you choose your two or three events that you want to be hands-on with, and really come out there and support beyond the dollars, but be hands-on and be with us face-to-face. I think that is tremendous advice. At the end of the day, a lot of hands doing a little bit is a much better process for any nonprofit organization than to have a few hands doing a lot and eventually being burned out. That is outstanding advice. I, and also, I like your, uh, you know, your, your basic gift 24. I mean, just uh, you know, donate, be willing to donate 24 hours for the whole year. That seems very, very reasonable um, when you put it in that, in that kind of a context. Uh, how how, how has, that, has that begun to take hold for, you know, the people that you're interacting with in, in New Jersey? Um, it has, and I reached out to friends and trying to get them to do the same thing and, you know, advising them that when we say 24 hours in, you know, a year's time, 
you don't have to necessarily do it with one organization. You can spread the wealth, if you will. So don't be afraid to be um, hands-on across the board with other organizations. But, um, you know, I think it's been a great thing for us, and we even tweet that. We'll say uh, pound sign 24 hours 2014, and that's the commitment that we're really into. Even myself on my LinkedIn profile on my Twitter, I've got that, you know, 24 hours of um, community service at least. That's my motto going forward. So hopefully that will kind of become its own anthem for people who see it. Well, I think that is a wonderful way to conclude our, our interview, and I, I want to thank you very, very much, Darius uh, Boomer, um, owner of Boomer Technology Group and a board member with our New Jersey chapter. Thank you very much for being a guest with us on the BDPA iRadio show, and we look forward to hearing your workshop uh, next month in Indianapolis on the topic of Explore Non-Traditional Career Paths in Technology. Thank you very much, Darius. Hey, thank you, Wayne. You, have, you guys have a good night. Appreciate it. We are going to go away. You are listening to the BDPA iRadio Show. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. Well, welcome back to the BDPAI radio show. We are uh, going to introduce to you our second guest in just a moment. Uh, we are very, very happy to let you know that there is a lot going on. Um, obviously, two weeks from now, we are all converging on downtown Indianapolis. Uh, we were there last week for the Indianapolis Black Expo. BDPA had a booth at the Black Expo remarkable week-long event. We were able to meet and interact with an awful lot of the, the public there in the, the city of Indianapolis, a lot of the other vendors and folks that had booths, a lot of the media truly had a wonderful time there, and we are truly looking forward to uh, bringing that city back to life uh, uh, in two weeks when we show up. One thing that the BDPA Foundation is very proud of is that over the course of that conference, we are going to work with BDPA to give out $129,000 in college scholarships. Again, we'll be giving out $129,000 during that week to high school and college kids that are developing themselves in the STEM curriculum areas. And um, just very, very excited by that. And we hope that you will be there, that you will find ways to support us, and, and that we will see you. Right now, we're very excited because one of the most powerful and influential technology companies in the history of the world employs an evangelist and a director of technology and civic engagement. That company is Microsoft, and that director of technology and civic engagement is Adam Heckman. Adam, how are you today? Well, I'll tackle your comment. I don't see how it can get any better. It's a beautiful day in the city that I love, and I just got a great introduction. So how could things get any better than this? Well, there you go. And, and just so the folks on the, uh, on the line know, the city that you love is? Chicago. There it is. There it is. We, they often, on other media outlets, they talk about some of the negative 
the negative statistic, but the reality is Chicago, the windy city, I don't even know if you're still called the, the second city or the third city, whatever it was, that, that the other name of it, that, that it's really a beautiful, beautiful town with an awful lot of tremendously talented and creative um, people, and we are very, very glad to have you on. I think the thing that we're really excited about is that um, our audience, our BDPA members and sponsors, will get a chance to see you in Indianapolis in a couple of weeks as you are making a presentation to our young people about Microsoft's innovation vision. And, yeah, and um, right. no, go ahead. I said we're just very excited by that, Adam. I'm really excited about it too. And, and to and to address your first comment, you, you're right. You know, people hear a lot of interesting statistics about Chicago, but um, I, I've never been more excited about it. Uh, just today, I spent the day in uh, some of our, our neighborhoods that are, are, are just bursting with opportunities for IT folks and people interested in startups and coding. And this isn't happening just downtown. It's happening in the, in the various neighborhoods as well. So it's, it's palatable. That is outstanding. Well, well tell us first, I guess, um, how did you um, first learn about BDPA, Adam? I've been with Microsoft for about 23 years, and I have been involved in one way or another with BDPA that entire time. You know, we've had some really strong BDPA leadership here in Chicago with folks like Milt Pays and, and Ricky Panic and others who made this organization just a terrific group to be associated with. So I couldn't pinpoint, you know, the, the exact it's been so it's been so long and so much has gone on I couldn't tell you the exact moment that I got involved about B, with BDPA. I just know that it's always been a terrific presence here. And and there, there is a reason. You named some of the leaders of that organization. The current president for our Chicago chapter is Reggie Rush. We've had a lot of great uh, interactions with um, Microsoft over the years. Um, and, and Chicago is the largest BDPA chapter of our 46 chapters. They are the largest. 23 years at Microsoft. I mean, I, I can't do the math all that much, but I can't imagine Microsoft has even been alive for too much more than 23 years. Where you, you sound like you were almost one of the original folks, Adam. <laughs> I wish I were. Actually, interesting, I had a young man uh, who, who is still at Microsoft. He's, he's, he worked for me for, gosh, 13 years. He, at one point, won the prestigious uh, Epsilon Award from BDPA, and I actually had the honor of attending your conference in uh, D.C. to help award it to him, and it was just such a great feeling. Well, that is, that is tremendous to hear. We're going to be recognizing a number of IT professionals and corporations with Epsilon Awards uh, um, on our, at our gala on Saturday, August the 9th. And uh, so that, that is like the full circle. That is wonderful. Well, what's it like being that you, you, you talked about what you were doing earlier today where you actually got a chance to go out and, and, and work in the community and, and some neighborhoods that were interested in IT in their futures? What, is, that, what, is that a typical day, if you will, for, for a um, – Director of Technology and Civic Engagement at Microsoft? Yeah, I mean, my, my work as uh, Director of Technology and Civic Engagement puts me in front of both political leaders and civic and community leaders, as well as citizens who want to engage to make this a better place. And I've always felt that Microsoft has afforded me the opportunity to make a difference in my community, but this is targeted at a pretty specific area um, to help engage more citizens in the democratic process and to help everybody apply technology to improve the city of Chicago, to improve the lives of our citizens. And it's just a, a little extra bonus that that takes me all over the city and all the great neighborhoods. 
So, I mean, there was a time, it's probably been a decade ago, where, where a big initiative for, for many major cities was creating, I believe they're called like community technology centers, if you will. They would put them mm-hmm. in housing authorities and the like, and, and you know, the, the big uh, manufacturers of the, hard, the, the, the box, the, the, the actual hardware, would donate, and I imagine Microsoft would put software on those. Is that, when you talk about getting out into the city, is that the model that's being used, or what, what types of things, what, what are kinds of ways that Microsoft is, is working to make that difference in the community? Well, first of all, let me tell you that they st- we still do these technology community centers. In fact, I visited one today. It's called Blue 1647, and it's in the um, Pilsen neighborhood. And um, it's it, when I say it's a tech community center, that means it's partially about education, partially about uh, getting s- startups from that community going, uh, partially about getting interesting uh, people together to, to work on solutions. And, and that's just one technology center in one neighborhood. Uh, it happens to be one of my favorites, but um, it, it's, it, there's a lot of that going on. And in terms of what Microsoft provides, um, one of I th- the, the resources that I think is, the, uh, is sort of key is our digital literacy program. You know, you go into some neighborhoods and you will see a very diverse set of skills that are out there. You have uh, people who may be small business owners that really have never even touched a mouse and they need to start from scratch. Or you may have, you know, I should say, and you may also have in that very same community a young person who is pretty technology savvy but wants to learn how to code. We're providing curriculum and resources to help people, whatever level they're at, to participate in this digital economy. And that is so important because it is a digital economy. It is a digital future. And those that do not develop the skills run the risk of becoming obsolete in what, you know, the rest of the 21st and the 22nd centuries. Um, so that, that is so important. But when you talk about digital literacy, is this something that is, is, takes place in these technology centers? Is this something that someone can, can, can deal with or learn, you know, on their own online? How, how does, What's the entry point for an entrepreneur or for a person in the community that wants to kind of test themselves out when it comes to digital literacy? Well, the answer is all of them. Um, if, you, if you're online, as, as most of your BDPA members are because they are the BDPA, if they go to Microsoft.com slash digital literacy, they can see all the resources that are available. But remember, we're going into some communities where um, it's just not that easy just to tell them to go to a website. You know, it's, uh, it, they may be in completely different businesses that are unrelated to IT, and this is their first exposure to IT. So they would go to these um, technical community centers, or they would go to the Chicago Public Libraries, or they would go to uh, the parent empowerment centers at the schools to learn those skills when they can. That's outstanding. I'm, I'm curious, um, how many, how many how, you, you, you talk about what you're doing in the Chicago region, the you guys call it Chicagoland area. Um, are, are there? Do you have peers in other cities and regions around the country that are that are you know doing a civic engagement activity? I absolutely do. Uh, I have good friends in New York and uh, in the Boston area and in California. We're we're basically looking at, um, at each area individually, but the thing that binds us is that we're all looking at how can communities engage better with their governments to solve city problems. And chances are good, 
if I can solve some community or civic problem or city problem here in Chicago, I can probably take what I've learned and export that to Boston or to New York or to Barcelona or to Moscow, you know. Cities have a lot of things in common, and when you solve a problem in one place, you want to export it to the others. Man, that is outstanding. I I think that I I am hopeful that that our our leadership team that's listening in on this iRadio show and either live or the archive version will hear what you are saying and that, you know, if not before, at least while you're in Indianapolis, we really can sit down and kind of, you know, do some cross-mapping of where there are BDPA chapters co-located with those civic engagement um, directors with Microsoft to figure out other ways that we can, that BDPA can support what you're doing, that we can partner in a way that, that makes some sense. Um, so that's, that's on my to-do list coming out of this interview. Uh, you, you've indicated, Adam, that you are going to be at our conference. I guess last time you were there, were you there as a speaker last time, or it was in Chicago, and so you, no, you were in D.C.? Is that the, have you been to another conference other than the one where you were delivering the Epsilon Award winner? I, I don't think I've been to another one. I think this was, uh, that was my first and uh, only conference. So then you decided to come to this one and share some of your expertise on Microsoft's innovation vision. Can you preview what the attendees at that workshop may, may be uh, blessed to hear and, and to experience? Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun at that workshop. Basically what we're going to do is work together and talk about the trends that are fueling the next wave of technology. And I would say even more important than the trends and the themes and the technology itself is that we're going to talk about how all of those things are going to impact everyday life. So we'll help you figure out, uh, we'll help you look at technology in a way that is going to inspire some future-level thinking. We're going to show you how technology helps you figure out what to work on right now, given where you are, given what you have to do, given what device you have to work with, how you like to work, et cetera, and how technology informs all that. And we're going to also talk a little bit about how technology is not only going to help you manage your work life, but your work life, your academic life, your, per, uh, your personal life, because if you think about it, now more than ever, all of those aspects of your life are starting to blend together. So we're going to have a good chat about that. Yeah, you're talking to young people, and so that, you know, them being able to, you know, in the old days we would, we would say, I guess, uh, time, manage their time, you know, multitask, and, and being able now to use technology to make that seamless and to make it work for you. It's important for them. I know on the corporate side, it's a it's a it's a skill set that the many of us are still trying to um, to adjust to. Uh, what 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 are examples? What are some of the ways that that you can balance your work life, your home life, your all the different you know hats that we wear in in our day to day experience? How can technology support that? Well, let's put let's think of, let's put on our hats of uh, a students here and think about what a student is facing every day. So. A student is not only um, uh, working in school uh, and, and, and supporting their homes, and maybe some of them are working outside. Um, if you think about all of the things they have to do, add to that all of the different ways that the people that they are working with, learning with, uh, living with, are communicating with them. You know, think about a young person today. A young person today commutes, uh, com- uh, uh, communicates via text, via voice, uh, email, tweets, posts, uh, instant messages, FaceTime, Skype. It's a lot to take in. 
And so if I am a student and I'm getting all of these distractions, you called it multitasking. I call that distractions. So what if the technology were able to sort for you what was most important to receive in terms of your communication given what workload you have, given what device you happen to have with you, given where you are? If I'm standing waiting for the train or waiting for the bus to get to school and I'm holding uh, a mobile device like a, like a mobile phone, I'm going to have different needs and, and different ways of communicating, and I might want to see different types of communication than I would if I'm actually in school or at work or at home. You know, I could answer a 30-second a uh, uh, text with my thumbs if I'm using a cell phone, but if I'm at school, um, I may have access to a different set of technologies. And so, and so, what's the? Uh, is there a is there a Microsoft vision or solution for for integrating all all of those different um, uh, you know that that next wave of technology, if you will? Is that part of part of what you guys are working on there in the, in the Microsoft laboratories? It is, and Wayne, if I were to tell you that now, you'd have no reason to come to see me in Indianapolis. <laughs> That's a good one. I'll go for that one. I will live. I really am looking forward to uh, to meeting you at the at the conference. You've you've talked a little bit um, about what you what you excite you when you see these young people that are engaged that are trying to make a difference um, in their governance uh, at the local level, whether it's on campus or whether it's with their local government. What, what advice have you, would you give maybe to those that have gotten through their, their K-12, through, through their college, get, they've made the decision that they're going to enter into the IT industry, they're early in their IT career. Is there any suggestions or, or guidance that you would give to that person? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I have, I, you can learn from other people's mistakes. Listen, if you're early on in your IT career, I encourage you to start broad, experience everything. There is plenty of time to find your niche and to specialize in your specific IT area. But by going broad, you're going to be able to both open yourself up to new fields and have a much better perspective on things when you do specialize. If you start in one narrow area and you stay in that in one narrow area, you're not going to have the perspective of how that narrow area impacts other areas. And then when eventually you do find your space, you do find your niche and the thing you want to focus on, focus on that, but then continue to think broadly. Think about ways that you can use your talents to impact more than just your organization. And I have to put a plug in for this. Think about how you can impact your community early on. Make things work better for everybody. Don't wait for other people to act. You're going to listen. You're going to develop. If you go into IT, you're going to develop a great set of skills, a great set of technology skills. Use them to help make your organization successful, and then use them to build things for your community. Yeah, that is outstanding. And the idea of starting broad and and really getting, you know, a good, strong, experienced base is so important because in our industry, things change, and your niche if you start too early on on that specialized niche technology may change and it just isn't as important anymore and there was a point in time when you know when when people that that knew how to literally write html code were like they were breaking the bank 
But oh, now yeah. all of a sudden the software is created in such a way that you don't necessarily need to know how to write HTML, you know, code to achieve the purpose of, you know, creating a website on the Internet has an example. So yeah, I, I really that. like that idea about not getting so, so nervous about, you know, what's my particular niche going to be. Allow yourself to experience all of the, the field and, and to really develop your skill set in a way that no matter what the future, you know, vagrancies of, of the industry are, that you'll be able to succeed. I love that example, too, because if you think about the folks who made their living uh, because they knew how to code HTML, they are mm, somewhat obsolete right now. But when you talk about the people who learned how to code, period, they have a broader skill set that they applied to HTML at one point. Maybe they applied it to XML later. Now they're applying it to other areas. So there's a difference between learning how to code and learning how to code HTML. You know, and, and I, I will say that there's an awful lot, and I don't know if this is true um, within Microsoft. I, I believe it is. Um, uh, there's an awful lot of emphasis on, in fact, you know, coding is almost a language that you would learn the same way that you learn the language of Spanish or, or French. Coding is one of those universal languages that as we move into the future, that may be a language that we need to know just as much as learning French, or, or is that something that comes up in your discussions, uh, either inside or outside of, of the company? comes up constantly. I, I read once that data and code is the new concrete and steel. Now think about that for a minute. Data and code is the new concrete and steel. I can't think of a better way to describe its importance. The, this is the new economy. This is what it's built on. This is what the next generation, this is the way the next generation mindset is going to work. Yeah, and, and so hopefully that's part of what we are trying to instill in our young people. I'm very excited that for a part of that conference, our, all of our young people that are at the conference will have the opportunity to, to see your multimedia presentation, to see your enthusiasm, your excitement that you've talked to them about about the, the, the next wave of technology and future-level thinking and, and managing their life. That's, that's, that's going to be an exciting presentation, and I look forward to, to, to seeing you present it. I look forward to having you on our show again in the future. Um, in the remaining bit of time that we have, is there any final thoughts, Adam, that you would like to share with our members or sponsors? Well, for, for both your members and sponsors, know this. There has never, ever been a better time to be in our industry. This is a, a data-driven economy. This is a digital economy. And the BDPA is just a fantastic way to experience it. Adam, you are right on point, and I am very appreciative that you have taken the time to be with us uh, on this particular evening. Um, 23 years with Microsoft. I mean, you must be walking around there with one of those old white beards and stuff. I, I look forward to seeing you. <laughs> Not quite, but because uh, I have shaved those 23 years. Oh, okay. I guess that would uh, take that image out of my mind immediately. Got shaved. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for being with us, Adam. We truly do appreciate that, and we also appreciate our audience, and we're going to take a break here on the BDPA iRadio show. BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group site, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, that'll do it in terms of our, our guest that we have today. I'm, I'm going to uh, do a couple of things, and the very first thing I'm going to do is to thank our producer, 
Um, he has been the one working the, the boards, working the, the magic behind the scenes, his name, and, and I've asked him to come online with us. Uh, his name is Elvarado Gallimore. He is the owner of Gallimore Designs. Elvarado, how are you today? Okay, well, there he is. Uh, how are you doing? How are you doing? Um, thank you very much for that intro, and um, uh, to everybody, this is a great show. I'm glad to be able to get in and help out and uh, be on board with uh, you, Wayne, and um, uh, thank you very much for that. And uh, yeah, it's not that's, it's that's not a it's not a problem. I'm, we're very excited <laughs> as well. Tell us tell us um, what 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 does Gallimore Design do? What is, what is your engagement in uh, with that business? Uh, well, actually, I help I help um, entrepreneurs. Uh, as well as tech and um, tech tech companies, as well as um, other uh, uh, services, whether it's uh, what we call soft services or hard services, being uh, um, uh, machines or what have you, help them brand and sell what they do, sell either their services, and help them brand and sell their uh, products. So I've been doing this for a while. Well, you had mentioned... You had mentioned, uh, um, well, what was mentioned on the air was um, uh, one of one of the uh, future guests at the uh, technology conference, and uh, it was Dr. Pinkett. I had uh, he's one of my clients, uh, probably six years, um, maybe maybe eight years ago, and um, he was one of my early early. Uh, Clients and I would say customers that I was able to help him um, brand his first website. Even though he had all the tech people in back when they knew what they were doing uh, in terms of the back end stuff, he wanted me to help him put a face and a um, uh, some branding, as you will, to, to his company and what he did. So that was that was he helped me uh, early on uh, with my with my business and getting brand known and that was that was a good thing so I I'm looking forward to uh seeing him in that you know in that light in that conference well that, that'll be outstanding what um mm-hmm. I, you have been you have been with our show along with our um our 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 founding hostess uh Fran McNeil uh you have been a supporter of the iRadio show for the entire three years of its of its uh, most recent um, uh, incarnation, I'm, I'm curious what uh, what what brings you to helping out with the BDPA iRadio show. Um, well, Fran had asked me to do it. She thought it was a very good thing for uh, me uh, to be involved, and uh, so, you know, also in, in a way, I get to sit in and I listen to. Uh, um, what's going on? It's 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 better than being a listener because I am partaking and helping and 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 um, you know I, I I like having my hand in technology and this is another soft way of doing it. Um, and um, so yes, yeah, she she brought me in. She was also uh, a client and customer as well. And um, we have a. You know, it's 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 a great way to help in a network at the same time. So that is super. We are very very appreciative of your time and your effort. I, you talked about two of your current or, or former clients. If you're looking for future clients, and if a future um, client is out there who is hearing about your 
expertise in this area of branding um, and, and brand awareness. Uh, is there any particular way that they can get in touch with you? Oh, yes. Well, Wayne, thank you very much for that. Um, if you go to GallimoreDesign.com, and uh, my information is uh, on, online there. Or they could call me at, you know, call my company. We're at 718-637-3113. Um, and, you know, I, I'll send anyone information if they want to know about branding once in a while. And I have for uh, some of the conferences and some of the uh, events uh, at, B, at BDPA. Um, I have done some talks and uh, talked to uh, students uh, in the technology field who wanted to understand this thing about branding and what advertising is about and how does that relate to technology. I've even talked about, um, in the past, talked about such things as how technology is working in the arts, uh, just how many um, new technologies help out other young designers who, who are interested uh, whether interested in graphics uh, or um, uh, for branding or, or uh, as far as broadcasting, what are the tools and technology that are available to them? So that's been, uh, you know, that's, I, I'm, I'm open for if anybody needs uh, um, someone to talk about these issues or a speaker in that area, um, you know, give me a call, let me know. And so I wanted to, Alvarado, if you would give the uh, 718 phone number one more time for our audience. Okay. Yes, that's 718-637-3113. You are a wonderful person. Let's, uh, let's take one more break before, before, we, uh, before we close it out. Uh, this is the BDPA iRadio Show. What do Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg have in common? They all learned computer coding before high school. Funutation has taught more than 1,000 kids to code through their summer tech camps. Funutation uses their trademark team's approach so that kids can experience technology, engineering, arts, math, and sciences in a fun and non-threatening way. Tech camps run only during the summer. So register now at www.funutation.com or call 216-378-9035. Sorry, to keep the camp fun, no adults allowed. Funutation Academy, LLC, making the world computer smarter. This is Wayne Hicks. I am the executive director for the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. Very, very happy to have been with you this particular evening on the BDPA iRadio show. Uh, we will next be broadcasting during the conference on Tuesday, August the 5th, and we're very excited by that opportunity. You, if you still have opportunities to be at the conference. This is going to be a remarkable event. There are pre-certification, or excuse me, there are certification workshops where folks are getting certification in some very, very top-level uh, technology topics, ITIL, mobile application security, PMP, where you're getting PDU 
certification. There is a youth technology camp where we're going to bring together 100 uh, middle and high school students. There's seminars. There's opening ceremony. There's high school computer competition where a couple of dozen uh, chapters are bringing about 100 students from all over the country for a two-day computer competition. Well, they will be involved in an oral competition. They'll be involved in a written competition, a written component of the competition, and they will be involved in a seven-hour coding problem. Two days, intense, intense scrutiny with corporate judges. And on Saturday at our awards gala, we will announce who the winner is of the high school computer competition championship for 2014. The descending champions are from Rochester, Minnesota, and every other chapter in attendance is looking to knock them off the throne. There will also be a remarkable two-day career fair. BDPA realizes that we have many in our audience who are unemployed, underemployed, and so we have worked very, very hard to create an environment with our corporate sponsors where the two of you can connect. Our sponsors who have IT career opportunities can connect with you, our, our, our members and our supporters who are either unemployed, underemployed, or you may, be, you may be living large but still want to see your marketability within the industry. If you fit any of those categories, then we're encouraging you to come to the conference with your resume and to enjoy the two-day career fair on Friday, August the 8th, and, or Saturday, August the 9th. We're encouraging you to go to our website at bdpa.org and to pre-register where you get an opportunity to let those folks know that you're interested. And finally, most of the jobs that will be offered on the floor at the conference in Indianapolis are currently posted on our BDPA job board. Yes, you can go to www.itdiversitycareers.com and you can apply for many of the jobs that will be on the floor. And in fact, there is time for you to do the application process and even be on the floor interviewing for the job. How could it be better than that if you are looking at your marketability within our, in, within our industry? There will be a golf tournament. We're going to have our first annual Tech Trek 5K run, or in my case, walk. <laughs> We're going to have a dignitaries uh, panel that is sponsored by Miller Corps. There is going to be just a remarkable amount of networking, a remarkable amount of information exchange, a remarkable amount of intellectual capital in one place at one time. And we're going to have fun too. And so we encourage everyone that's in our listening audience, everyone that's listening to the archived version of this or that has it on iTunes, that you make plans to be there for the 36th annual BDPA Technology Conference. August 5th through the 9th, 2014, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Again, you can go to the website bdpa.org for more information. On the fundraising side, the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation is very happy that we're able to help some of our local chapters get their teams where they need to be. We're very excited that 
we're able to support chapters like our one from Dallas with a five-figure grant disbursement to support them. We're able to support our chapter in Cincinnati to get them there. We're able to support the chapters that have been engaged in fundraising throughout the year so that we can help them achieve the goal of really providing some outstanding technical training, some outstanding STEM-based learning for young people in their community. And as I stated earlier, we are tremendously excited that over $129,000 in college scholarship funding will be awarded next month at that conference. Now, you can help us. You can help us make sure that next year we double that amount. How do you help? Maybe it's a payroll pledge through United Way. Maybe it's a payroll pledge through your employee giving campaign. Maybe it's a recurring donation through your credit card. You're already getting Netflix. Isn't supporting BDPA programs and scholarships and service as important as binge-watching True Blood? If it is, then visit our website, BETF, short for BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, BETF.org, and click on the Donate Now button where you can make that recurring credit card donation. You give to Netflix, why don't you do the same thing for BDPA? You pay interest on the finance, on the, the finance charges on your credit cards, why not match that with a donation to support BDPA program scholarships and services? These are just things to make you think. We'll close out tonight by, again, thanking our guests. We were very pleased to have from the New Jersey area, Mr. Darris Boomer, owner of Boomer Technology Group, and we were equally pleased to have from world-recognized employer Microsoft, one of its directors in the Chicago area, Adam Heckman. And then our surprise guest was from Gallimore Design, Mr. Alvaraldo Gallimore. Again, my name is Wayne Hicks. I am with BDPA, and we are signing off for another wonderful show. This is the BDPA iRadio Show. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA.